It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for joining us on this week's edition of Utah Weekly Forum. I'm your host, Rebecca Cressman. Today, we're going to talk about fire, common sense, fire sense, which you'll be hearing more and more about throughout the year. And we went ahead to one of our experts in the state, and we're joined today by Kate Webb. She's the statewide prevention and fire communications coordinator. And often you can follow a lot of the information at Utah Fire there. Kate, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Well, when I say fire sense, talk to me a little bit about what that means to you from your perspective with statewide prevention. Well, you explained it well just a minute ago when you compared it to common sense. Fire sense is what we're asking the public to exercise and practice every single day this summer. It's very critical this year given the drought conditions and the high fire danger that we're in statewide this year. We're asking people to take very simple steps that will go a long way towards preventing human-caused fires and just using their common sense, their fire sense around anything that could spark a fire or anything that is a fire like a campfire. Right. And, you know, it's interesting because as I live just at the mouth of Spanish Fork Canyon, and it was just a couple of years ago that the fire that that so many of our communities in southern Utah County were dealing with, that was a, a real threat, not just to homes, but to lives as it burned out of control. It was the first time that a wildfire came within, I think it was about a half mile from my home. So in my lifetime, I've always been wary of wildfires, but experiencing the displacement, the evacuations, and then feeling that sense of frustration, Kate, that often some of these things are human caused. You know, I'll I'll watch and go, oh my goodness, that one was caught, you know, started in Harriman from target shooting in the wrong area or whatever it may be. So let's talk a bit because I know from your perspective, you see that when we don't use common sense and we're not careful, it threatens the lives of our community members. Absolutely. And, And when we talk about human caused fires here in the state, Our average is almost 70% human-caused. So that's a significant number of fires every single year that we could eliminate completely if we were being more cautious and more responsible and exercising fire sense. I think a lot of times people tend to kind of forget about the wildfire prevention side of things until a wildfire impacts them or they see one nearby. But the reality is that wildfires throughout the summer impact each and every one of us in one way or another. It may be evacuations of your home, a closure of a road that you're trying to commute to work on, closure of an area where you love to recreate or impacts to something really critical like our water sheds or even air quality. So wildfires impact all of us and wildfire prevention is something that each of us are going to benefit from. When we talk about human-caused fires here in the state, there are some top causes that we always tend to see. So our highest cause consistently here in Utah, equipment-related fires. So that includes anything from, you know, roadside start where somebody maybe has a flat tire 
and the rim is grinding on the road, that can throw sparks. Same concept if somebody has a trailer chain that's too loose, it's not secured properly, that dragging on the road can throw sparks and often starts wildfires. And, People, and that is surprising to me, Kate. I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt. It's very surprising to me yeah. to hear that the equipment failures, things that, of course, we wouldn't intentionally want to spark a fire. Yeah. But our own man-made yeah. equipment uh, can do that without us if, if we're not aware of that risk. So I didn't mean to interrupt. So you said, you know, you could have the rim of the tire, that metal against the, the, the asphalt sparking a fire and you've got weeds nearby. You've got chains dragging. What else? Well, and you made a good point. The majority of human-caused fires are accidental. They're not intentional. So a lot of it is things that we're not thinking about that if we did, um, it would it would really help. So, yeah, people parking or driving over dry vegetation, not having the right spark arrestor on an off-road vehicle or your equipment, all of those simple steps of vehicle maintenance, making sure you have the right spark arrestor and being cautious of your surroundings are ways that we can present, prevent our top cause for human-caused wildfires here in the state. And, you know, we've always, as a state that has so much open land, not just state fire, you know, state lands and federal lands and agriculture, we've always been vulnerable to fires, especially we are in the desert area, right? But this year in particular, and, and we'll talk about more things that we can do on the prevention side, but Kate, from your vantage point again, why is this year at the top of the list of incredible high risk of fire? Well, A lot of that comes back to drought. And as you mentioned, we do live in a state and in an area that is hot and dry. Wildfires are a piece of living in Utah. We will always have wildfires here. That's just an element of living in this this beautiful state and the part of the ecosystem here. But as far as elevated fire danger this year, when we have something as extreme as this drought that we have across the entire state, That means that our soil moistures are critically dry. There just isn't moisture available in the soil. And we are seeing um, very dangerously low levels there. That impacts fuel, so vegetation, your grass, your brush, your trees. If there's no moisture in the soil, there's no moisture in the vegetation. And that just makes it so much more prone to ignition. And when we do see ignition, fires are moving much quicker and burning much hotter. We're seeing fire behavior, you know, early June that we tend to see in um, August. So we've been seeing kind of two months ahead of time in terms of fire activity and how dry fuels are, which is very alarming. And it's, it's definitely raising the bar in terms of how much we need to focus on wildfire prevention this year specifically. And I keep thinking of what you've said, about 70% of the fires, the wildfires that we see in Utah uh, could have been prevented. And and so we can't prevent where lightning is going to strike, right, out onto the hills, right. but but we can prevent things. So you talked about... about um, uh, equipment failures or equipment sparks. So whether it be in with cars that are driving over areas that are dry vegetation, you've got that hot underbelly of the car, and then right then that fuel. And there's a, wor- a, a reason why you call it fuel, right? That dry is, it's almost like liquid gas. I mean, it's just ready 
to 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 be uh, sparked and and go from there. Or whether you're talking about trailer chains or uh, parking on the side of the road, all of those things we have to be extraordinarily careful about. I I have a son who's a big camper. We just went camping a couple of weeks ago, and he is talking about how it feels different for him to not be able to do campfires. Can we talk a bit about um, what the the prevention recommendation is on campfires and camping in Utah? The first recommendation when it comes to campfires in Utah anytime during the summer is to check for restrictions before you make those plans. There are often restrictions in Utah in place when it comes to campfires throughout the summer, and especially this year. There are restrictions across the whole state. Some areas you can only have a campfire in a developed recreational site with you know an already established fire ring. Other areas in the state, like the southeast, you cannot have a campfire anywhere. They're completely banned. So we will continue to see those restrictions throughout the year. It's essential that people check for those before they decide to build one. Weather conditions are really crucial when you're thinking about a campfire as well. I know people hear on the news a lot the the term a red flag warning day, and that just means that we have critical fire weather conditions, the perfect recipe for a fire to um, start and move very quickly. So never starting a campfire when it's really windy, that's a great rule to live by. It's, it's very easy for sparks coming out of, out of that fire pit to land in receptive fuels nearby, much more likely when it's windy. And as far as the actual campfire itself, making sure you're keeping it a small, manageable size and never walking away from it unless you've drowned it, stirred it, and then felt it to make sure that it's, it's cold to the touch. If you can't touch that fire um, where that fire was, then you should not be walking away from it. You should be extinguishing it even more. And that also means that when you're outdoors and camping, you need to plan to bring extra water, right, for that purpose. Because when it's hot and dry, it's going to take more water to douse that and get that temperature all the way down. For those who've just joined us, this is Kate Webb. She is the fire communications coordinator and this uh, with statewide prevention. As we're talking about fire sense, this is an uh, initiative that you'll continue to hear about in the state. What we can do uh, as those who love the hills, we love our Utah wildlife. We want to preserve it. And of course, we we care about all of our firefighters who are called on duty to put their lives at risk to put these fires out. Well, what we can do to uh, be practicing common sense and lower the risk of fire. So, okay. Now, you mentioned that before we go camping, we need to make sure we're checking what the restrictions are on campfires. Where would we find that information, Kate? If we're, for example, deciding, oh, we want to head out to the Uintas or we want to head out there, where do we get that information? The most comprehensive site where we have interagency fire restrictions listed is utahfireinfo.gov. If you visit that site, click on fire restrictions, it'll give you two options. You can either view the whole state as a map and you can click where you're planning to visit and it will bring up the restrictions if there are any in that area. The other option is you can go to a full comprehensive list of the state broken out by different areas, and you can look at the different restriction orders that are in place there as well. Another great option is 
to call the land management agency that you're planning to recreate on ahead of time and see what restrictions are in place and, and any other information that they might want to share with you before you head out for whatever activity it is that you're planning to enjoy. Now, I know, and, and, and I appreciate you sharing that information, Kate. I'm assuming that over the 4th of July weekend, which we just wrapped up, that must have been a, a fairly anxious time for Utah Fire. Is that right? We were definitely um, concerned moving into the weekend, for sure, just given the high fire danger and the fire activity that we've been seeing. But it was overall a, a relatively quiet weekend, which was great. We we saw that people exercising fire sense, using their common sense, does make a difference. We did not see any large, significant wildfires over the weekend that were caused by fireworks. And we, yeah, have a huge thank you um, owed out to the public for their cooperation with us this weekend. And it just goes to show that when you are taking the time to check restrictions and you are exercising fire sense, you're using your common sense, it makes a difference. It goes a long ways and, and can make a huge impact on how many fires we have. Like you, know. you said, you, we know that we have that fire potential. We know the conditions are critical. We can't change that. But what we can change is how many human-caused fires that we have, and that's going to require a behavioral shift here in Utah. Well, and as you you talk about that, we're going to be coming up on the 24th of July holiday. There will be, again, a period of time where in certain areas of the cities, certain areas of the state, it will be legal to light fireworks and other areas it won't be. And I know in the past you actually you were talking about the interactive information at Utah Fire Info. Am I getting it right, utahfireinfo.gov? Yes, you are. Yep. Okay. Uh, do you will you have firework uh, work restriction information on your website as well? There. Yes, firework restrictions are on there as well. And really, this year restrictions for fireworks is really simple. They are never allowed on federal lands. That's that's never an option. And this year, just given fire danger, they've been banned from all state lands and unincorporated private lands. So as far as our website, all of our lands that we're responsible for, um, fireworks are a no-go this year. But as far as cities and towns, there are also additional restrictions in cities and towns. Firework bans and restrictions have been put in place, and people will need to check locally with you know their local fire department or their local city or town to see what restrictions are in place before they think about celebrating with fireworks over the the 24th but again conditions are going to be just as critical so um i anticipate that those restrictions will be very similar especially as you mentioned we're as dry as we are typically in august we started out the month of june with that kind of real parched dry uh extreme danger for uh extreme fire danger situations and you talked about the red flag warning i know as a as a uh, an on-air personality um on fm 100 and of course our sister stations when we share that information that it's a red flag warning day that indicates to all of us take a deep breath remember we got to make sure that we're aware 
aware that these strong winds can take what uh, is a small spark and, and, and take it away. And we had an example of that, Kate, a neighbor who I won't name, um, who is a, 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 you know, a, a gentleman over the age of 50. And he just was kind of curious if he could light the cotton off the cotton tree um, where he was at. There was a lot he had bundled together. He had made sure he thought he was in a safe area uh, in his backyard okay. and had a bucket. Can you tell what's going to happen, Kate? He lit it. The fire actually elevated from his hand, was caught up into a wind current and blew about 15 feet away, landing on a chair that had cotton on it. That ignited another fireball that then traveled to the trees. Um, and then we had to have the, and I wish I could remember the name of the special uh, uh, firefighters that come in with the saws and the and the axes, but they came, they had to get there within about 20 minutes and in order to knock it down. And there was fire damage within 10, 15 minutes. And he literally, Kate almost moved out of the neighborhood because he was so embarrassed um, at how quickly it had gotten out of control and how he assumed that he, had, it, it, you know, as an adult, he could handle that situation and just have a little fire in his, in his backyard. Right. <laughs> And that was just a year no, ago. Yeah, it's the smallest spark. And when we talk about the 4th of July and 24th, it's always important for people to remember that something even as small as a handheld sparkler can do a lot of damage. It doesn't take much as, as in terms of the actual size of the spark. As long as it's windy and hot and there are receptive fuels nearby, which there are ample receptive fuels across the state this year. Um, that's the recipe for a potential wildfire. And for those who are determined to go ahead and light fireworks in legal areas, maybe there where they live was zoned that it was legal for them to do, what are some of the safety precautions that you recommend? Well, I would really encourage people this year to consider celebrating with something else, going to a public um, professional fireworks show or maybe choosing to do something else this year, just given the high fire risk. If people do decide that they're going to celebrate and they are in a legal area, it's really important that they first of all think about whether it's worth the risk. Um, There is the potential that starting a fire could threaten their community, um, their neighbors. So taking into account the risks and whether or not it's worth it. If, If there's going to be any fireworks, this year, given our drought conditions, they need to be somewhere that there is absolutely no dry vegetation anywhere near and needs to be taken to, into account the potential for wind to carry sparks as well. And always having water, some kind of fire extinguisher nearby to readily put something out if things go south will be really important. But really, this year, given our conditions, if people can consider going to a public show or, or celebrating in some alternative way, that's the safest safest bet for this year. I appreciate that that information. Again, joining us today is Kate Webb. She's a statewide prevention and fire communications coordinator, and we're talking about fire sense. I want to make sure we have about five minutes together still, Kate. You know, um, we talk about what an outdoor community we are. Uh, we love to camp outside. We love to be out out in the beautiful area that we live. We also have a, a culture of target shooting. Can you talk to us a little bit about shooting and where that plays into fire prevention? Absolutely. Yeah. 
Weather conditions is a big a big thing to be considering if you're going out to do any kind of recreational shooting. If it's a really hot, dry, and windy day, red flag warning like you and I have been previously talking about, it might not be the best day, day to do that, and you might want to think of another day. In terms of backdrop, it's really important to choose a location that doesn't have dry vegetation and rocks. There is high potential for sparks from those rocks um, with your target shooting to potentially fall into that dry vegetation and spark a wildfire. It's important to have a fire extinguisher or some source of water in case something like that does happen. And the safest uh, targets are really your clay and your paper if you're shooting outdoors. And it's, it's great to be using um, some kind of lead core bullet or ammunition. That's your safest for any outdoor shooting. So little things like that to prepare and think ahead can go a long ways in terms of preventing preventing a fire. And is, and especially if we have that custom of going out and, and shooting, we might not be realizing uh, that um, this drought, which some people have described as, seri- as, as serious of a drought as what was experienced in the Dust Bowl uh, decades yeah. ago. That's how dry we are, just knowing that we're having to change a few things. Um, I'm unaware of what the restrictions are on target shooting. I know we talked about campfires, you know, and uh, fireworks not being allowed on state and federal lands. What about target shooting? Where where do we know it is uh, legal and safe to target shoot if we choose to do so? You can go to utahfireinfo.gov, and there will be, when they're in place, different target shooting-related fire restrictions listed on there. Um, There are some that are related to exploding targets, for example. So that's a great resource. The other great option is to always call the land management agency that you're planning to go target shoot on and see if they have any regulations in place that would affect the plans that you're maybe considering. Mm-hmm. And I'm always recommending to people uh, to follow Utah Wildfire on Twitter and Utah Wildfire on Facebook. It's just one of those seasons that I've been admiring some of the information that you've been sharing, Kate, in your different social media channels, because it's a reminder of the things that we can do, that fire sense for us to, uh, you know, drop the risk of fire substantially in a year like this. I'm wondering, we have just a couple of minutes. Uh, many people um, have children that uh, they are, you know, taking care of this summer. There's, a, you know, a a real fascination with fire and children as well. And, and from your perspective with the Utah Division of Forestry, Fire, and State Lands, um, what's the best way to teach our kids fire sense, especially in a summer like this? Well, the best way to start by teaching is actually practicing it yourself, of course. I think our goal with fire sense and this goal of behavioral change here in Utah, we are wanting people to seek out the conditions and the restrictions, and then act accordingly based on that information. And that may mean that you have to be flexible and change your plans, but understanding that things like drought or campfire restrictions being in place may impact what you're wanting to do recreationally, but those restrictions are in place for for a good reason, and all of us are going to be you know, much safer here in Utah. We're going to have cleaner air. Our watersheds are going to be more protected. Um, Things that we love to do will be less limited if we have fewer human-caused wildfires. So helping children understand where to get the information they need and the steps 
to recreate, travel, and work responsibly here in the state and prevent prevent those accidental and unnecessary human-caused wildfires. And what a gift it would be, right, to the kids to continue uh, their life, to have that sense of ownership over our lands, right, that we're all caretakers of our communities and and that they play a pivotal role in keeping things safe. And that was the conversation I had with my son as he was talking about how he's missing the ability to light fires, but he wouldn't trade uh, the the chance to to build a campfire uh, for the hills and the forest land that he loves so much. And, And so he's very aware that that would possibly be the trade-off you know there are areas down here that we have been hiking for years that we can still as we walk in those some areas that you're there's still parched trees uh that have you know for acres and acres to go that it takes quite a while for a whole area to rehabilitate we can see that on the roadways as we drive up and down the interstate as well so, Kate, it's been wonderful talking with you, and I appreciate so much you helping us understand uh, fire sense, and we'll be hearing more about that. I know that you might be seeing signs on the roadway uh, that will encourage fire sense. You might be seeing more messaging on social media, hearing about it on the radio and the television, talking about what are some of the things we can do with our cars, that vehicle fire prevention, making sure we don't park on the side of the road when things are dry and flammable, making sure we don't have chains that are dragging, making sure those tires to the best of our ability are inflated so we don't uh, risk sparking fires with with our vehicles and fireworks and campfires and target shooting a lot more that we can do to keep our state safe kate thank you for joining us on this week's edition of utah weekly forum where else can we go again for more information utahfireinfo.gov is a great website great resource and following us at utah wildfire on, on twitter and facebook as well well, Kate, we appreciate everything you and your coworkers are doing to prevent wildfires and to teach us on what we can do. And I know there's more helpful information. 70% of wildfires are preventable. We can go online to utahfiresense.org. That's utahfiresense.org. And thank you for joining us on this week's Utah Weekly Forum. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.